everyone. I'm Kelsey Litchfield, joined by Jennifer Campbell and Karen Corrigan, and this is Girls Talk Ag. It is officially 2024. Welcome everyone to Girls Talk Ag. It's the K&K show today, Karen and Kelsey. Um, Jen couldn't be with us today, um, but we'll have her on next time and we'll talk um, some more topics with her. But for today, like I said, Karen, 2024, um, do you do New Year's resolutions? Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Nothing formal. Um, You know, I hope to move around more, you know, read more, you know do things to better myself, but, you know, not necessarily pin myself down with the burden of an actual resolution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm the same way. I used to like be more or lose weight or be more healthy, stuff like that. I mean, one magical night into the next new year is not going to change me. And I've learned that I just try to build better habits. Right. That's something I'm just trying to do. And also, I've realized, I told you before we started recording, I bought an iPad um, before the year ended. And as a journalist, I go back and forth because when you have an interview, your questions are based off what that person answers. And so you have to actively listen um, to everything that they're saying. But I'm the type of person where if I don't write it down, I'm not going to remember it. So I had the hard time of whether when I'm interviewing a person, I don't write things down. I try to actively listen between between both of us having a conversation and doing the interview or they're talking and I'm writing it down. But then maybe I'm not actively listening because I'm delayed a little bit because I'm writing. So I keep going back and forth on should I write things down? Should or not? Should I not? So I think this year I bought this iPad. I'm going to start writing things down see how that goes for me and then reflect back at the end of the year maybe that will help trigger more things and I will say this was also brought on because Stephanie Porter for those you don't know Stephanie Porter she works with me at Illinois Soybean Association we did an end of the year podcast over on the Illinois Advisor and we recapped the year the agronomy highlights of the year and Stephanie put together a presentation and boy, was it a, a hefty load for her to try to go back, go through the summer, go through tweets, she said, go through everything. I thought, well, if I try to write things down, maybe that would help towards the end of the year when we're looking back. So it's not necessarily a New Year's resolution, but it's something I'm just going to try to do more of is just write things down so I can reflect from a historical perspective, too. We both also have standing desks for this year, so that'll be interesting. That will be interesting. Yes, I'm already loving it. I just felt like I sit on my ass too much when I'm on the computer, so I'm like, I feel I like that the- too. But then yesterday we were unpacking boxes in our new ag complex here at Heartland, and after walking around on concrete all day, I'm like, my feet hurt. My- <laughs> So I'm sitting at my standing desk. (laughs) Well, I was just tired putting this thing together last night. It took me probably when I was all said and done about three hours to put the whole thing together because it has like shelves and stuff too. It's not just one level. I put together a birthing cow simulator yesterday. (laughs) Oh, see, there you go. So now you deserve to sit. Some people, (laughs) 
some people have asked me, are you going to get a walking pad? And I said, no, because um, my parents have a treadmill that I'm trying to bring over to my house. I'd rather just go get on that for a little while, but we'll see. Never say never, right? I'm going to stand there and walk around as I teach more is my plan. Yep. And get some comfy shoes while you're at it. I don't see how people can walk in high heels. Oh, well, I would not. Yesterday I had on Hoka sneakers. Um, but today I have on these Crocs. But they don't look like Crocs because there's no holes in them. They just kind of, um, they look like uh, more like clogs a little bit, but they are Crocs. But I was like, I... my poor feet need a, need a rest. So. Oh, nice. Yeah, so they don't really look like Crocs at all, but. There was a Croc store while I was up at annual meeting for Illinois Farm Bureau in Chicago attached to the Palmer house. I almost went in there because they're just nice to have to throw on if you have to run outside or put the dog out or something like that. So, well, and I thought I, I would just like keep these in my office. So if I did, you know, like teach for part of the day and my feet got tired that I could just come in and switch them and, and go back out, but. I'm still rocking the Hey Dudes. I don't know if they're still popular or trendy, but boy, are they comfy and I can just slip them on. Um, mm -hmm. But these are my good pair, I've said. I have like a bad pair that has got all gross from being on in the fields. This is my good pair that won't go into the fields. So I usually to... wear Brooks tennis shoes most of the time, but my feet were hurting from those and maybe it's just because I needed a new pair. So I thought I'd try the Hoka and see um, I have my trusty old Nike tennis shoes, and then I still wear Twisted X. I mean, those leather shoes, they hold up pretty well. No, I haven't. I think I tried those once, but it was, the sizing wasn't correct. So maybe I need to go and try those again, too. Mm -hmm. Okay, so New Year's resolutions. Um, it is January since we're talking about it, but it's also the famously pegged winter meeting season which i say started in december technically there was some, there was some meetings that people were going to in december but i felt they weren't as maybe heavy as they are obviously in january february and going into march um but both of us being in the agronomy space um i thought maybe we could share today some of the winter meetings were either looking at going or recommend going to um, throughout these months. Because I know we're both big supporters of continuing education, especially because I'm talking to a teacher right here, Ms. Karen Corrigan, um, who also teaches at Heartland Community College. So maybe you could speak to that more than I could. Definitely. And I, you know, with, especially with ag, there's always something new. And so I think keeping on top of that is good. I'm also part of the Illinois um, Certified Crop Advisor Board, so we do a lot of promotions and different types of continued education for that also. Yep. But yeah, this next week, I think I have, what, three meetings? <laughs> so we start our McGillicuddy, McGillicuddy Corrigan Agronomics meetings on Wednesday up in your area, um, assuming that there's not some huge no. snowstorm. I was going to try and catch the morning of that. And then I have some events in the afternoon for our new ag complex opening. But Thursday, we have better beans. So I'm excited to hear Sean Castile from Purdue. Yes. yes. I've not heard um, him speak yet. So I'm excited to hear him speak. So 
before I get to that, I'll help plug that because obviously um, I helped Stephanie with those at Illinois Soybean. But your McGilligutty Corgan meetings, what do those entail? You don't have to give everything away, but I'm just curious. I've been to one in the summertime, but what do those all encompass? A lot of it was just kind of going over like all the data we collected from all of our farmers last year. So usually if there's something we're looking at, we kind of, you know, put it out to all our growers and have them do test strips of different things. And so uh, Ryan's been analyzing all that data. And so John will start presenting that, just looking at different things, talking about how the year went last year, what should we change, what shouldn't we. The last couple of weeks, I've been talking a lot about to a lot of our clients about herbicides. Obviously with that dry stretch, things didn't work as well as they could. And so you kind of have to work through whether or not it was actually that it wasn't controlling well or if it was environmentally related. And so we'll talk about that and just kind of, we always open it for questions. And so there's always, that can lead in so many different directions. Yeah. Usually it's, is it environmentally when talking about, um, when you're looking at data, you said versus the control versus environmental factors, which one is it usually more of? Um, sometimes it's operational factors too. Hmm. And I, we've seen a lot of things that will work like in Northern Iowa, where they put on a lot of chicken litter that doesn't work in other places. Um, but it also depends on the field. You know, everybody has fields that are really good. And, and then they have fields that are, you know, more marginal type soils. And I find that a lot of the the higher practices or products and things tend to work in the more marginal fields as opposed to the really good fields. So if you're like in the middle of central Illinois and you have really nice dark drummer Flanagan soils, you know, that that in itself is a really good buffer against anything that might happen environmentally, as opposed to maybe southern Illinois where they don't have as good of soils and they don't have that um, buffering capacity to to, you know, cover any mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, speaking of Southern Illinois, much of Iowa too, and across the Midwest, I saw the drought monitor come out yesterday and things are not looking up. And I don't know if people pay attention to that as much, obviously during the winter, but I've heard some grain marketers say, start looking at that drought monitor because. Well, um, I mean, this will be the third, third or fourth year for Iowa to be dry. So mm -hmm. So push the snow that way. I don't want it. <laughs> We're doing just fine. Over I'm fine here. if it's rain here and not snow. <laughs> yeah. I, whenever I hear freezing rain, I'm like, no, just give me no, rain no, yeah. or snow. Rain or snow. Nothing in between. Yeah. Nothing yeah, in between. Mixed precipitation. No, no, thank you. Um, okay, so going back to winter meetings, you talked about better beans. So in case people don't know what better beans is, um, for those of you that know or don't know, I work for Illinois Soybean Association. I'm on the agronomy team and I help with all the outreach initiatives. So Stephanie, like I mentioned earlier, we put on um, regional meetings. I mean, we would love to try to get to all counties of Illinois. It's not possible unless we go there probably every single day of the new year until, I don't know, 102 days into the year, which that'd be a long long time anyways so we try to break them up into northern central southern so next next week or whenever you're listening to this in january 11th we'll be in bloomington that's where we kick it off um we have a new addition 
um, to our team, Dr. Stacy Zuber, um, and she's going to be talking about soil health. Stephanie, um, she's going to be talking, giving a recap of the season. And that's what I said we covered on our podcast. And there's so many things that I know I forgot already. Um, but I, looking at that and how we can um, move forward to in 2024, so she'll provide some recommendations. And then, um, like you said, Dr. Sean Castile from Purdue, which we'll see how the Purdue Illinois game. I'm just saying, oh, we'll that's true. That's tonight. That's tonight. Well, um, Friday, <laughs> Friday, January 5th. We'll see how that factors into everything. No, I'm just totally kidding. But um, well, he'll be he'll be there talking about sulfur and soybeans, so that's going to be great as well. And then it's a question um, a lot of people have with particularly with the earlier we plant the soybeans now. Yes. Yes. So he's going to provide a great presentation coming all the way from Indiana for that one. So those regional means they're small. They're meant to be half day events. Um, following week, we go down to Southern Illinois. Um, we'll have um, researchers, um, agronomists talking down there about weed management, soybean diseases, um, we'll be talking wheat, of course, when we're down in Southern Illinois and double crop soybeans. And then end of January, we head up to Northern Illinois. Um, and we'll, we actually, all of our speakers are from out of state. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, bringing some new people. I'm Megan Anderson from Iowa State will be with us. Um, and then we'll have someone from Michigan State and then Minnesota. So that'll be kind of fun to bring in some outsiders. I just wanted to go to that one too, but I have class that day darn well, class I mean it's well, hard to skip when you're the teacher <laughs> yeah I can't play hooky I guess with that one but I will say the reason why I'm explaining all this this is the first year that we'll be live streaming these events on YouTube and I'm the person that will be doing this so give me some grace this is the first year we're going to attempt to live stream them all on YouTube so if you go to Illinois Soybean Association YouTube page and click on the live tab Anyone can watch it. So if you're in California, New York, Florida, Georgia, wherever the heck you are, you can watch these um, presentations. And um, the live stream that. doesn't. I will catch the Northern Illinois one then. Well, if the live stream doesn't go as planned, which you know you get into some of these areas of the internet, it might not be the best. They will be recorded and then posted on YouTube as well, so you can watch them at a later time. I'm saying it with a disclaimer because um, I I hope it all works out, but knowing we all know technology, we know, all know the internet, things can go wrong. But nonetheless, they will be recorded and we'll post them. And then um, in February, our big soybean summit down in Champaign that everyone looks forward to. That's an all-day event. Um, we actually have... Chris Weaver from Maryland coming in as one of our keynotes and he's going to be talking about high yield soybeans while protecting the soil so he's coming kind of at it from both ends of both ends of it and then um so he must be in the Chesapeake Bay area you know I don't know that for a fact but he has been dubbed the podfather he's been on that television show the podfather and I will say let me bring up Twitter here real quick I posted this the other day. So just some background. Um, since 2010, Chris and his family have achieved 158 bushels an acre for soybeans on non-irrigated land. 
And their ultimate goal is surpassing 200 bushels for no-till, non-irrigated soybeans. Pretty interesting. I mean, yeah. uh, conversations I have with farmers is, how can I get to 90? How can I get to 100? Well, here's Chris, and he's trying to get to 200. So it's going to be a very interesting talk, um, and I'm looking forward to hearing his presentation on the first. And then um, Abigail Peterson, Dr. Stacy Zuper from our agronomy team will be sharing more about our on-farm trialing network. And then we have tons of breakout sessions. I think one, they're all going to be popular, but one I'm really looking forward to is a red crown rat um, panel that we'll be having. Two, we have a research poster competition. And like I said, I'm not just, you know, promoting these because I'm on the ISA staff, but these will also be live streams. So I really wanted this year to have anyone join um, and watch these presentations. So those will be on YouTube as well. So you don't have to come in person. If you're not from Illinois, you can watch them online. You can watch the recordings online. I think, I think that's one of the best things to come from the pandemic is that there are yes. those options. That's what I was about to say. Like we, we recognize that we need to have a hybrid format. And last year, we did uh, have a uh, online virtual version, but wasn't as good as it could be. So this year we thought, let's actually bring in for soybean summer. We're going to bring someone, a contractor in to live stream it. Cause it's a lot of work to live stream three breakout sessions at one time. So we're bringing in some experts to do that. That is so, a lot. I'll be doing the better beans. They'll be doing the soybean summit. And then um, that'll be it for us for our winter meetings. Um, in January and February, but I know they're going to fly by. And last year we had some great content um, coming from those meetings. I'm really eager, hoping and praying the weather, you know, doesn't get in the way, but we all know that's out of our control. Out of our control, yes. So I was just looking up, there's another one. So the wild world of weeds was one that I got to see online during the pandemic, but they're also doing it online again. And so that's um, at a North Dakota State University. And it is Tuesday, January 16th from 7.30 to 4.20. You can go live to the Fargo Dome or you can watch that one online. But that was a really good one that I hope to catch because of the pandemic. So that one's coming up. Um. I'm trying to think. I just the Crops TV dropped this week with their first episodes, so I need to start watching those. If you're looking for continuing education for your CCA, that is my number one recommendation. It's a hundred dollars, and there's more than twenty five hours, but you don't have to watch everything. You can pick and choose like the topics that are most interesting to you. But there's also marketing ones. Um, there's environmental. There's forage. It's not just corn and soybeans and what the problems are that might arise with those. So that's really good. Um, if they have the crop management conference in December. And so some of these are um, some of these are the same topics, but they're actually re they're recorded. But it's not you watching a recording of them giving the presentation. It's actually uh, produced almost like a TV show. And so I find that a lot easier to watch when you're watching multiple um, episodes. Yeah. So that's a really great option if you're looking for, and you can do that from anywhere. And if you're not a CCA, you can still watch them. You just don't have to take the quizzes. So do you Karen like to watch them? Like, so I posted or made a post for Illustrated Advisor saying, 
you can watch from home or listen from the semi tractor. What do you, how do you best consume information? Would you watch it or maybe just listen to the audio only? Or I guess it also depends if it's a more visual presentation too. So if it's something like that, I try to make a point to set the time aside to only do that. Um, and the way they space it out, I usually like an hour every other day. I just devote to watching that. Um, but I do like a lot of the podcasts. Like I like to listen to um, The War on Weeds, which um, has a lot of great information in different uh, about different parts of that. The I See Dead Plants is another <laughs> one that I listen to um, that, that is agronomy or at least plant pathology related. Um, I think it just depends on what I'm doing. When I'm in the car, I like to listen to something. But if it's like a presentation, I, I want to try to make that my focus. If I'm doing other things, then I'm not really getting, I'm not actively listening. <laughs> right. I I found that bucket where I turn something on in the background and I'm not probably actively listening as much. Right. As but I, I work on like soil tests um, and processing the data. I'll put on something in the background, usually like Dateline or, you know, some other kind of snapped or something like that. But I'm only catching snippets, but it's not something that I have to be listening to, you know, in order to get the information. But but if I'm someone, if it's a topic I'm trying to learn, I try to stay focused on it. Someone posted on Twitter the other day. I can't remember. I'm sorry if you're listening and you're like, that was me. I'll give you credit. Um, but they said how where are you when you can allow your mind to wander? Like you're doing such a mundane task that like it doesn't it doesn't take the brain power to do that task so you can actually fully listen in on something else or you know and I was thinking that for me that's the lawnmower like I can mow the lawn without taking so much brain power and I can actually that's when I really like to listen to podcasts and stuff like that is when I'm on the lawnmower um that's when I also do my lawnmower tests for podcasts to see if the audio is high enough for me to listen. Like I have the big headphones on and then I have right. my Air, AirPods underneath that to cancel out the noise. But I'm curious, is there anything that you do that you can fully, you know, you're multitasking, but it doesn't take the brain power to do. Even I'm driving the car. That's probably. And like I, it's, I haven't traveled as much lately, but back and forth to Christmas, I was listening to the grow, is it the good growing episode podcast from the University of Illinois. So I was listening about poinsettias and about mistletoe, which is, you know, a parasitic plant and things like that. So it's, it wasn't something I had to listen to, but it was something I found to also be entertaining while I was listening. Mm -hmm. So, but I did that while I was driving. I um, like to do a lot of, I was really into podcasts, but now I'm into audiobooks. <laughs> we had this but, conversation the other day on our agronomy team and I can't do audiobooks. I just can't. I read so fast that I'd rather just read it and go. And I know you can speed up, you know, voices and so I know you can do that, but it's still it's either way too fast for me when I do that, but like for me, I just like to read. That's where I'm at on that. Yeah, I like I always turn it on for like a 15 minute timer before I fall asleep and then when I'm driving. So, yeah, I did read, what was I, I had 36 books last year. So that's more than I've had in a while between reading and listening. 
So see, I read newspapers. Like I just, I it's been a couple of days since I picked up the mail, but the Illinois Agri News. I'm going to read that later. Um, I read Farm Week. Um, I do like to read ag media publications, but that's because I'm an ag media myself, and I like to see what other people are covering. So the one podcast I do listen to a lot is the NPR, the News on the Hour. So. And still, I missed some stuff that happened yesterday, so. I do like to listen to um, the Wall Street Journal. They have, they post it twice a day, like the top headlines of the day, and that's nice and concise for me to still Is that the what's date. next? Yes. Yes. I started listening to that one, too, because you had said that. I didn't realize it was twice a day, though. Well, um, I listened to, to that one, and then Up day. First is another one by NPR that's kind of along the same lines. I I used to think it was twice a day, but maybe if it's a slow news day, which we never know, I don't think those even exist anymore in 24-7 news. Um, but it's nice to be caught up on the days. And then I also have to give a shout out to the RFD Radio Network because I like to listen to their radio segments that they make available on online. Um, back to winter meeting season. I don't know. If, I guess it's technically still winter, um, but looking towards February, I mean, February 1st, we have the Soybean Summit, but I'm going to Commodity Classic for the first time this year. And you said it is for you too? Yep. I've never been. So Kelsey and Karen will be down at Commodity Classic down in Houston. I'm looking I'm looking to do some interviews and stuff for our Illso Advisor platform at Illinois Soybean, so that's my goal. Maybe we could do a quick podcast we episode while we're down there to see what our first impressions are, but um, I'm really looking forward to it. I am too. I always hear that it's like, you know, if you ever want to go to one, that that's the one that's worth going to, so yeah, I hope to find out, you know, learn about a lot of new technology and different things that I could possibly bring back to the classroom to talk with the students about, but also, you know, to help some of my farmers will go and it'll be good to talk to them about the different things that we saw too. So, yeah. And I like how they have in different locations every year. Um, I didn't go last year. I perhaps maybe had the chance to go, but it was being in Orlando. I'm like, if I'm down in Florida, I want to be on the beach, <laughs> <laughs> not in a convention hall all day long, which I guess I could skim by on the convention and just go to the beach. But that defeats the purpose of being down there. So when um, Stephanie and I were talking about this year, I said, well, I, I think I'd really like to go because one, I've never been to Houston. <laughs> Two, um, I'd like to do some interviews and really just get a feel for it because our team does quite a bit of trade shows too. And I like to see mm-hmm. how people set up their own booths, what they're doing. And that gives us some ideas too. Yeah. So. And I, well, I looked at this year and then next year's in Colorado and I'm like, I just don't know that I want to go somewhere else where there's probably more snow in the winter. I've been to Denver and um, I was in Denver last April and they had a snowstorm overnight and we had to de-ice the plane the next morning and I almost missed my connection. So that is one thing about going to another area where it is as cold and they get bursts of snow. So. So yeah, so I'm looking forward to that. If anyone's going down there, let us know. Um, Definitely. Love to hear from you. Um, maybe we should get Jen to go too. We should talk to her about that. I don't Chris, know if she's ever send been. Jen. Yeah. Yes. It's already a do. She's already going. Just pack her bags for her. 
Any other winter meetings that you want to throw out there? This was originally was supposed to be a quickie episode, but I mean, we've covered quite a bit. Well, the Illinois Crop Management Conference is going on across the state with the University of Illinois. So there's always going to be some good information there. Um, we have a certified crop advisor training on January 12th for anyone who's looking at getting their CCA. And so Dr. Stacy Zuber, Abigail Peterson, Stephanie Porter, all from the Illinois Soybean Association. And then we also have another gentleman, um, Derek Rapp from Brandt are going to be doing the different sessions. And as a bonus, I put together a great list of resources that you can use to study if you come to the meeting. So I think it's only $25 just to cover nominal costs. However, if you are a student, the Illinois Soybean Association will pay that for you. So even if you're not planning on taking the test, this next opening, which is, um, I think, the end of January, it'll at least give you an idea of the things that you need to study that you can take in one of the other open windows for the, for the certification. So Yeah, Karen texted me and said, hey, are you going to the in-person training and I'll say it here first I and I told Stephanie this the other day I've never been one to want to get my master's or anything like that it's just never been a thing I've wanted to do um, I'm more of the certificate route you know study for those kinds of things and I think eventually a future goal would be the CCA um, not right now you know you've got to make time and priority for it. But um, I think it is good if you're even thinking about going. Um, just, just well, to it's open to you. anyone who's even just looking for maybe a little bit more insight into what you would need to know for the certification. Um, there's no, uh, you're not locked in that you have to take the test anytime soon. But it, even if it's something that you're slightly interested in, you're more than welcome to come and join us and just learn about the different topics that you would need to know in order to get your certification. So anybody's welcome. We have some ISU students who are coming. We have some former Heartland students that are coming. Um, even if it's just something that you thought, well, maybe I should do that someday, you're more than welcome to join us without any obligation of actually taking the test anytime soon. Awesome. Anything else that you're planning on going? Oh, I will say last year I did go to the precision planting. Hold on one second. I will say I went to I went to the precision planting conference I went to their big one in Tremont and then I went to the farm in Pontiac in February of 2023 it was amazing to see what they had put together I really enjoyed going to Pontiac and actually seeing the agronomy and the, the data and things like that um I they don't try to their winter conference on the 19th of january so that is i need to pull up my notebook to see what i've signed up for but that is another <laughs> one i i am planning yeah. on going to and i believe um they they travel pretty well both uh, like the big precision planting um conference they do it across the u.s and then i know um Jason and his team they go they travel to quite a few locations just for the agronomy side as well and sharing that data I remember seeing a schedule last year they were traveling for like it felt like well, that's the beauty straight. of living in this part of Illinois I can go to the main you know place in Tremont I can go to the farm in Pontiac yep. and it's you know within a 40 minute trip either way so yeah and I I've 
I didn't feel like I'm not a customer, a precision planting, but I, and I felt like they weren't trying to sell you anything. Maybe they were, but I didn't feel that, but if, especially the Pontiac one, it was just, it's good to see farmers talk to them, but then also just see what some of their, some of their data and how some of those trials and stuff went. It's just interesting to learn. But they're testing a lot of things that, you know, we're interested in, you know, oh, I I heard about that too, but I don't have a way to test it. So it's interesting to, you know, watch them. And I love that they had their little, um, I I think it was, I don't know if it was a cluster collect 5,000, but it was something I think from stock proper where they had, sheep and chickens and whatnot going through the cover crop area oh yeah between the the strips of the corn and soybeans so yeah i've had a lot of people ask me about that kind of um practice lately too so it's always interesting to be able to see things in person yeah it brings on some good conversation too and i think they're the first people to say hey this worked but this didn't work you know not everything is going but they also outline that it may work in this type of situation but we don't have that here yeah so every field is different which is what I like to tell my students we'll talk about something and I'm like well you won't see this here but if you end up in eastern North Dakota mm-hmm. for any reason that's where you're going to see it <laughs> that's why it's good to travel and get out and mm-hmm. and see different things which I'm hoping to do more of this summer when we do some field visits and stuff get to some places especially in Illinois I know definitely in southern Illinois being where I'm from I I saw the most wheat this past year that I ever had in my life because I was traveling down there more yeah. but um just gotta expand your horizons I guess <laughs> all right Karen anything else no nope, I think we've done justice I need to go uh, start unpacking my new office awesome well have fun with that I'll be here at my standing desk wrapping things up and we'll talk again here soon and maybe we can do maybe our next episode we can do a recap of what we've learned at these sounds great so we can plan all right well thanks karen so much talk to you later bye-bye yeah